All right, another day in quarantine means another wellness check. Uh, today's is with my friend and longtime sports journalist, Kevin K. Duck. Um, I had to write down, I never know if it's K. Duck or K. Duke or K. Duck. Either way, I, let's call him Kevin the rest of the way out. Um, Kevin had, um, at the end of the year, wrapped up a 12-year stint at Yahoo Sports. Um, in his words, he, quote, got laid off before it was cool. Um, while he's been trying to figure out his next move, he launched a really good uh, Chicago sports-focused uh, newsletter, a daily newsletter, called The Midway Minute. Uh, you can check it out at Midway Minute. Dot win. I didn't know that was a, a new uh, dot something, dot win. Um, we had a really good conversation. We talked uh, about uh, a little bit about his career, where he's hoping things go, how he's handling the quarantine. Uh, he has a wife who is self-employed and two little kids running around at home. Um, he grew up in Bartlett and uh, kind of uh, sports geeky which I was as well, but he he took it to a whole other level by writing letters to the editor about the Tribune. He got one published um, that was uh, lamenting all the people, I guess, in uh, Chicago who were cheering for the for the Packers during their uh, Super Bowl runs in the 90s, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, we uh, talked a lot about our mutual friend, Nick Friedel, Um and uh, some funny stories about that. Um, and uh, my relationship with Kevin has always been a good one, but I've, in the back of my head, um, felt a tinge of, I guess, guilt. Um, Kevin wrote a book in 2005 when he was 25 called Wrigley World. Um, and uh, I've never written a book and definitely haven't, you know, was nowhere near that level when I was 25. Um, and we wrote, we, for a while in the Heckler, we were doing book reviews. And um, we gave it kind of a mixed review. A friend of mine who's uh, very well read um, wrote about it. And, you know, it, it followed the the Cubs and a lot of their fans in the 2005 season, which admittedly did not give anybody much to work with, if you remember how the Cubs did in 2005. Um, so I've always in the back of my head felt a little bit um, awkward, guilty, whatever you want to call it, about, you know, not giving it a glowing five-star review. Um, so we talked about that, which was, uh, you know, kind of interesting. If nothing else, uh, maybe I could start using these wellness checks to uh, make myself feel better about things that uh, I goofed up in the past. I should probably start calling a handful of ex-girlfriends if that's the case. But anyway, Kevin was super cool about it and uh, talked about um, reviews and things like that in general and, and uh, you know, responding and handling criticism of your work and all that. It was, it was great. And I really appreciated it. So, a uh, quick ad from our massive sponsor, uh, and then we'll get to my uh, wellness check with Kevin. Thank you. All right, another day in quarantine. I'm I'm purposely no longer keeping count of how how deep into quarantine we're going, but uh, another wellness check. This one with my friend Kevin Kaduck. Kevin, how are you? Hey, what's up, Brad? You hanging in there? I'm trying to. It's a uh, it's a beautiful Sunday morning. The 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 sun is out. I, I feel like things have gotten a little bit better 
ever since uh, kind of the rain and the cold went away, because at least you kind right. of go out to your front yard or your backyard or go off, you know, for a better run and not feel um, like it's completely, you know, because, you know, in Chicago, like you, 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 like this time of year, you're already dealing with that. I've been stuck inside forever. The weather sucks. And then everything turns and, you know, we can't go out to restaurants or other things that we're usually, you know, used to when that happens. But right. even the fact that we'll take our victories where we can get them is kind of how I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that sounded a little bit like uh, like the post game press conference of a baseball team manager who's who's got like 110 losses, but uh, <laughs> like the end of the season and like you know the uh, the Orioles just just uh, squeaked by. I don't know. They probably didn't beat the Red Sox at all last year, even. Uh, but you know they they won like five four like late September, and they're like, yeah, we'll we'll take yeah. the victories where, where we can get them. Uh, but the unfortunate reality is this is actually like the 1988 Orioles, so I think what started 0 and 21 or 0 and 23, something like that. We're early yeah. on the game, Brad. <laughs> I'll I'll look that up while we're while we're talking because uh, well, and then the the Cubs had a pretty miserable. That was in like what 92 maybe, where they started. 1997, like, I think. Oh God, I I'm think 97 off. was like an yeah. Was that like maybe 0 and 14 start? Yeah, that could have been. They yeah, almost got the they almost got no hit by Alex Fernandez early in. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, with the Marlins. Yeah. Uh, they started with yeah. Oh, the '88 Orioles started 0 and 21. Cal Ripken Sr. Okay. was fired at the 0 and 6 start and replaced by Hall of Famer Frank Robinson, who then lost 15 straight. <laughs> so yeah, I guess I guess we can relate to that. But after that 0 and 21 start, they went on to go um, 54 and. 85. So, you know, still okay. <laughs> uh, they flatten the um, curve. They flatten the curve a little bit in that, in that season. So that's good. <laughs> the, the, the 88 Orioles found a way to flatten the curve. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about um, your, 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 your current situation, how you got to where you are and how you launched a very interesting uh, sports, uh, I, what, I mean, you can you can talk more about it. Um, so, sure. so for a long time, you had been with Yahoo, uh, producing, turning out a lot of really good, interesting content, uh, and the Yahoo right. time came to an end uh, in December, right? Yeah. So I was actually uh, getting laid off before it was cool. Uh, I got laid <laughs> off in December, kind of ahead of all this. Um, after 12 great years at Yahoo, I'm contractually obligated to say that no i actually i actually do mean that it was, it was a really awesome time i i started there in 2008 which was um you know that that fun cub season until the uh the dodgers went down uh yeah. until the dodgers took them down and, and the white Sox made the that was the last year the white Sox made the playoffs um and then so I, I was running big leagues through the baseball blog there for the uh the first six seasons i was there and after that first season uh chicago baseball just kind of fell off the map which was super mm-hmm. cool. But um, over my time there, I, I kind of became a jack of all trades and did podcasts and, and videos and ran a blogging team and launched a newsletter and all this stuff. And um, kind of as so last December, um, Yahoo Sports had been bought by Verizon Media a few years back and, and they started to make some cuts. And I kind of, it kind of felt, you know, my, my, you know, the, the great sport keeper kind of 
finally came down and drew a line through my name and, um, <laughs> you know, which was fine. It was, you know, it was cool. I mean, I, I feel like after 12 years anywhere, you feel like you're on, it's time to get a fresh start. And I was getting a little bit antsy. And um, so it was cool. And um, so I started to kind of look around for some other jobs and, and talking to some big, bigger outlets and, um, there was some interest there, but it's never at, you know, it's never, when you're in that position, it's never at the kind of the rate, uh, maybe you want it to be. And I'm right. kind of an impatient person. Like I like to get things started. I just like to put things out there. And, uh, even dating back to last year, I had the idea for a, a Chicago sports newsletter. There's, you know, just kind of a fun thing every morning. Um, I know like kind of as a working dad, it can be hard to kind of keep track of, things that happen with, with, you know, our five major sports teams and the college teams and, and the fire in the sky. And I just wanted to put something, a good product together. Um, and it was something I had kind of been looking forward because I think in this business, I, I was really fortunate to work someplace for 12 years. That's not a luxury. Oh, most, sure. Yeah. That's not a luxury. Most sports journalists have right now. So I always wanted to have a landing spot. So I kind of put together some stuff some ideas in my head. Um, I actually got uh, one of my cousins to do the graphic work for me. Um, so just really thinking, okay, looking. if I ever need a landing pad, this is what I'll start. And yeah, it's a really good looking. So deal. kind of February came around, and I, I talked with some places, and you know, there's some interest, but I was like, you know what, I I don't know if I want to go work for a corporation again in that you know that's the kind of same situation i don't want to necessarily be another sitting duck i want to kind of do things on my own and see what works and i'd already had some good freelance jobs lined up which i continue to have um but i was like i'll just put this out there yeah sports sports related. related so yeah uh some stuff with Gannett, which is a, you're a, i'm really solid footing right now which is great <laughs> yeah um so yeah, yeah. So I, I launched. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say yeah. So on February 10th, I launched uh, Midway Minute, which is uh, a daily, every weekday sports newsletter. Uh, you can sign up for it at midwayminute.win, and uh, it got a great response off the bat. I mean, I was I was launching it right at the beginning of spring training, um, right in the middle of a dead, you know, basically dead Blackhawks and Bulls season. And right. then a, a dead period for, for Bears news, and it was get, getting great response. And, um, you know, the, the numbers took off, and uh, and I was having interesting things to, you know, to write about every day. And, uh, you know, then kind of coronavirus came by, and uh, then all the sports went away. So that's kind of a fun joke. But, <laughs> right. Uh, but I, I'm still kind of following ahead. I mean, there's still cool things to write about. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm just kind of kind of keeping my head down and, and saying, okay, you know, when sports comes back, there's going to be such a great pent-up demand. Now the question is, when do those come back? I don't know, but, um, you know, it's, uh, we'll, we'll take it as it comes. So was your plan um, to launch this? And to, I mean, I've, I've, seen, I've seen some other journalists who I really respect uh, taking this stuff. I, I noticed you're – your sub stack. I, have, I don't know anything about that, but there are, I do see other people, other journalists, like I said, who I really respect who have been posting stuff there. Is, is the plan to just to be doing this while you find your next big opportunity or is there, is, is there, are you seeing a, like an immediate potential under once, once life returns to quote unquote normal to have this be what you're doing? 
Yeah, I think that's kind of to be determined. I think in a perfect world, um, it's something I would love to do full time if, you know, maybe the subscription numbers and revenue and whatever else, however else I could use it to make money is there. I think that would be awesome. Um, you know, obviously that's a, a lot uh, dependent on your, on your audience building. So right. right now I've just been kind of focused on the product, making this a, kind of an indispensable thing that people want every morning. Um, you know, I, I try to get it up and, and scheduled for 5 a.m. So even if you're working the early shift or whatever, it's there. And, you know, so it's, uh, you know, if, if you haven't, uh, if, if someone listening hasn't seen it, you know, I, I try to write like maybe a little shorter column type thing up top, um, then have links. Um, back when there were games, I actually went back and linked this to something from like a Bulls or Blackhawks day. Uh, like a month ago, and I was like, oh, wow, remember when, you know, I had those box scores and highlights linked, and, um, you know, so I don't know where I'm go I was going with this, but um, I just wanted to well, be a good product, right? And I, I feel like right. it's, it's there. I've been getting, a, you know, it, it's already a pretty decent community for something that started a month and a half ago. Um, the one really cool thing is uh, kind of coronavirus related is about I think last week I was kind of feeling down at the end of you know, at the end of the week, feeling pretty worn down, tired, ragged, and this email popped up in the uh, the newsletter inbox, and it was from this guy who works for a nursing home, and he was like, "Hey man, you know I'm working at this nursing home. It is the most stressful time I have ever. You know, it's always a stressful time working here." He's like. It's nothing compared that it's you know been for the last month, month and a half because literally every day we come into work and we're scared of what's going to happen to the people who live here and we want to keep them safe and we want to keep ourselves safe. It's just incredibly stressful. And the only good five to ten minutes a day I have is reading this newsletter. <laughs> and it was like, it was just one of those things. I, before we came on, I think you mentioned um, – people are, are talking about this podcast that you're doing. It's such a great outlet and, and talking about how other, you know, being able to tap into how other people are dealing with it and feeling a sense of community. So for the fact that I, I started something six or seven weeks ago and it's already right. had an impact on somebody who's actually doing a real important job. I mean, that, you know, I was like, all right, well now I definitely have to write this every single day. Like no days off. I can't complain because if I can, get somebody out of their, you know, coronavirus, you know, worries or, you know, whatever it is, then that's great. Now, yeah. the other flip side is it's been a little hard to write about sports without writing about coronavirus, but I've been trying to find ways and I will continue to find ways um, to whenever sports comes back, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's always a great feeling when, when, uh, and, and it's, it's sort of anecdotal, right. But it's still, you know, if, if, if someone mentions to you, I mean, I've, you know, I've been doing these now for, I think this is going on week three, I guess. And mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we're not, we're not based on the, the numbers that I'm seeing. It's not like, you know, each one's getting a thousand listens or something, but um, just to, just to know that the, at least, you know, some, some people in my network have been messaging me and be like, Hey, I'm really enjoying these. Or like, you know, the other day I was a little late to post, post it. One of my friends was like, Dude, where's my wellness check? So I'm like, all right, all right, that's cool. At least, at least there's that, right? I mean, that's where things. I mean, you know, there's there's a part of me that, having done the heckler for so long and having had a lot of ups and downs with it, there was for a while mm -hmm. there'd be a part of me that like, 
you know, if I look around at like a heckler outing or if I, you know, whatever, and I see like most of the people were friends of mine, there'd be a part of me that sort of felt like I let, I let myself down by not, by not being able to, you know, broaden that, that, uh, the, the, the exposure or whatever of it. And, and mm-hmm. but then you realize like, well, shoot, they are here. And, you know, my friends care about me more than random people. So the fact that they're here means all the more, but then in your case, someone like that, who's doing something that, I mean, you know, is right. vital right now and is finding your, your, you, that you're providing him a great outlet. That, that's awesome. And I mean, that's how things grow, but yeah, you're right. I mean, who knows, you know, it, I, I, I um, did one of these yesterday with John Greenberg and, you know, we were talking about sort of like, I mean, the athletics doing a really good job, you know, creating content that's creative and, you know, whatever, through other yeah. things like, at some point, you can only do so many, you know, remembering a guy kind of kind of stuff. But you know, all right. we can do is focus on right now. Um, you and I in the past have had sort of one-off conversations, sort of. Um, I don't know if frustrating expressing. I don't know if frustration is the right word, but um, you know, you you are definitely at a different level than than me in a lot of ways uh, in terms of your journalistic uh, uh, prowess and, and, you know, the kind of content that you've created for sure. But like, we've still lamented sort of like, I mean, so yesterday um, I saw a video of a dog playing volleyball. (laughs) So I, I reposted it. (laughs) I reposted it. uh, I'm pulling it up right now um, on the heckler on our Facebook page. It's got, uh, well, you know, the metrics are always, and I'm sure you're dealing with that now more than ever with, with your newsletter, but like the metrics are always tough to discern. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a, uh, let's see here, I'm pulling it up, but it's got like, it's got like a hundred thousand, whatever, like, like views or whatever, however they, however they calculate that. And I'm like, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But then like, I can put my heart and soul into anything else. If it's an article or if it's a video or whatever, <laughs> And it's like, sometimes, you know, it's like hardly, uh, you know, so that's, that's it. People reach on this post, it's over a hundred thousand. And then you compare it to like, yeah. you know, stuff that I've really put my heart and soul into. And you're like, yeah, 129,000 people reached on Facebook. And, and then it did really well. <laughs> on Facebook too. And it's not my video, but I, I did properly credit it, but it's like, so uh, how, I mean, how do you continue to sort of, as you're, as you're now putting your heart and soul into your own, something that's entirely your venture, uh, how are you, mm-hmm. how are you kind of like balancing that? And, and do you anticipate a, a time where maybe you start posting videos of dogs playing volleyball as well? It's tough. I mean, I, you know, I, I haven't really gotten into a, a really, you know, a, a, social media is hard, right? It's, it's a full-time job to, to do something and, throw as many stones in the water and see which one actually floats. Right. Right. Um, now, if you, if you start with the dog, that's probably the best thing you can do. So maybe I just start dressing up dogs and white socks and Cubs <laughs> uniforms. I'll dogs. be, I'll be dogs. ahead of the game, yeah. but dogs or yeah. Right. I think that, um, I mean, to answer that question, there's so much quantity and, I've wanted Midway Minute to be something where I could kind of be a curator of all that stuff and find the best stuff for you. 
um, because, you know, whether, like, okay, you want to go to social media and you want to find out how the Cubs did, but you're going to have to get through however many other pieces of content, however many other unsolicited political opinions or, you know, end of the doomsday stuff. It's hard to do, right? So I, I right. think like with this newsletter, I could get that and then also find, you know, the funny thing that, that the heckler posted about the dog um, that maybe you want to pass along uh, or maybe right. the, you know, the, the latest Lori Lightfoot meme, stuff like that. <laughs> right. Um, right. Now I, what, what my newsletters, I, you know, I, I don't want to become just, I mean, I mean, and this might be stupid of me, but I just don't want to be like a social media brand at the, at the same time either. You know, it's just right. like, you can do that stuff all day long. How are you differentiating yourself? from literally the thousands of other, you know, content, you know, content mills that are doing that right now. It's yeah. hard, but, but at the same time, it's like, okay, that dog video, 130,000 people just saw the heckler brand, but right. now what was your conversion rate? How many people followed off of that? Probably not a lot. Uh, right? That's a good question. Not, I mean, so like, you know, on Facebook, you can go and invite people who liked your post. We it only got 560 yeah. likes, not only, but it got 560 likes. I've invited all of them, but it's also like, I, yeah, the kind of content that we're typically sharing is not dogs playing volleyball. So then the people right. that, if I invite them and they accept it and then start liking us, uh, mm -hmm. they, they're going to be sorely disappointed when they don't see another dog playing volleyball video forever. Uh, so there's, right. that, there's that side of it too. Um, I was thinking um, of maybe some, you, you, you might be able to kind of find a happy medium with some content uh, that will drive uh, traffic. Um, so I was thinking you could maybe do stuff about like uh, the 10 best athlete dick pics of all time. Uh, <laughs> to, and maybe, and maybe um, the 15 hottest daughters of uh, Hall of Famers. Uh, okay. You, know, you, you could do it's a gallery. Stuff you've already been working on. I don't know if I want to steal your ideas. You probably already. Well, you can have it. That one, those, those, those two are free. Uh, okay. No, no. I mean, it is. It is. I mean, that's the world we live in right now, right? And, and uh, it's yeah. a tough. It's a tough thing. I mean, every every quote unquote respected outlet out there uh, has. I mean, even even slightly less than respected outlets. Everyone's got struggles, so it's it's tough to. Mm -hmm. It's tough to find a good balance, and it it is. It's, I don't want to say it's infuriating. It's maddening to see what uh, what takes off and what doesn't. You know, it's like I'm I'm screen I'm I'm scrolling through our Facebook page and I did I did one of these wellness checks a couple of days ago with Jim Williams from CBS Chicago. Uh, you know, he's been yeah. he's been in the, he's been in the local media landscape for more than 40 years, and the interview was I, I really enjoyed it because he was phenomenal. Um, and the reach of that is. Um, Five, it's got on Facebook. It's the people reach, quote unquote, is five thousand. It's just over five thousand people. So the dog yeah. playing, the dog. What? What's five thousand? So uh, it's like one, <laughs> one seventh the reach of the dog. The video of the dog playing volleyball. Uh, granted, the dog is really yeah. good at volleyball. I don't know if you saw that. It's it's really good at volleyball. So I'll give him that. But it's it it is it is pretty maddening, and it's um. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, a, a lot of this is, is you have to you have to identify the platform and what works for that platform. I mean, on Facebook, people are going to share that. They're not necessarily, you know, unless maybe they're they're Jim's cousin or a longtime fan of Jim's or whatever. 
that's not really right. what gets shared. So it's like you figure out all these platforms. How do you reach the audience? And then, you know, how do you get them what to do? I mean, it's a, it's a challenge. Um, and, you know, I, I think I don't, I don't think a lot of places have really necessarily nailed, you know, they master one area but not the other. And, right. um, you know, maybe you have a, you're great on YouTube, but you're not on Facebook, or maybe you're great on a newsletter and not social media. It's just, um, you know, but, but people want to, at this point, people want to be like all things, all people. And uh, maybe sometimes that's right. the, the smartest, smartest route. Right. Um, so, so you, um, let's, you're, you're uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about your, your career timeline, because it, it is a pretty interesting one. Yeah. Um, start, start me off with, uh, with how you got into sports journalism in the first place. Yeah, so you know, I, I always loved sports, just like everybody else. Um, I grew up in in Bartlett, went to um, Driscoll Catholic, RIP. Uh, that actually ceased to be a high school, I think, maybe ten or eleven years ago. Um, uh, but when I was there, I just re- really liked writing, and uh, actually used to write write in letters to the editor of the Tribune. And I think my first published, my first time, my name was in print was a letter to the editor where I was pissed off that people in Chicago were rooting for the Packers because <laughs> the Packers were, you know, those are like right, you know, in the middle of Brett Favre and their little Super Bowl run. And it's, I should probably post this in, in one of the upcoming newsletters because I've actually found it on newspapers.com. But um, <laughs> yeah, you definitely, so I, when I got to that, what's that? You definitely should post that. I definitely should. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so then I went to, uh, the university of Wisconsin because I, they had two, uh, student newspapers and I liked that. I actually grew up wanting to go to Notre Dame and then I kind of got there. I kind of looked at it and I was like, actually, I think I want to go to Wisconsin. Um, so I went up there. It was actually still affordable for a kid from Illinois to go up there, um, out of state wise and went there and it was awesome. And it was like the best time ever to, to be there because I got to cover two Rose Bowls, a Heisman Trophy winner, a Final Four, nationally ranked hockey team with a number one overall draft pick in Danny Heatley, worked for the uh, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, covered you know hockey there for them, and uh, was the sports editor of the newspaper. I, did, I just loved it. And then um, kind of came out, didn't have a job, went to the uh, Associated Press Sports Editors Convention in Baltimore with a uh, satchel full of uh, like clips and resumes, handed those out to like anybody, got invited right. out drinking with all the sports editors. And like literally every single opportunity in my career from there came from taking that chance. And um, because after that, I, I worked for the Northwest Herald, um, like streaming for them. That was the, the fall of 2001. And then at the beginning of 2002, I was hired by the Kansas City Star this is like a very, like, I don't know. This is a very, like, long-winded thing because I've been doing this for so damn long. But um, so I worked at the Kansas City Star for four years, three three years. Um, and then Kansas came City back, Star, wrote a – The Kansas City Star had an amazing yeah. reputation too, right? I mean – It was it was unbelievable. I mean, the staff that I worked with was, you know, my good friend Jeff Passan, Wright Thompson, Sam Mellinger, um, I'm going to leave somebody out and they're going to be mad if they ever listen to it, but obviously <laughs> Joe, Joe Posnanski and Jason Whitlock and so many great people. And it was su- such a great job. And it was, I mean, obviously if you had told me at the university of Wisconsin, then 
oh, hey, you know, you're going into newspapers, but those things are going to cease to exist in 20 years. I said, oh, okay, right. well, maybe it's time to take a right turn into the business school. But the things that I've gotten to do over the last 20 years have been crazy, and I, I wouldn't trade them for anything. And um, and the star was obviously a highlight for well, one of my first, or, or you know, one or two jobs out of school. But after that, I kind of got a little homesick for Chicago. I came back and wrote a book called Wrigley World, which is I think how we how we met. Yeah, um, about that that great Chicago Cubs 2005 season. It was it was just a fun little book about living in the neighborhood for for a summer and kind of some of the people that that make up the make up the, uh, the the entire scene. It was obviously a much different Wrigley Wrigley Field and and Wrigleyville than than what we see now. Yeah. And after that, I went back to work work for the Northwest Herald, and I landed at Yahoo Sports, and 12 years later, now we're here. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I want to talk about Wrigley World in a second, but, um, okay. And you, you, um, I know our mutual friend, Nick Friel, um, feels that he owes, he, he owes you quite a bit for helping launch his career because you helped him, uh, get, get some, uh, experience while you were at Yahoo, right? Yeah. So that's crazy. He had actually read Wrigley World. Okay. And then I think yeah maybe sent me a fan letter or something i don't i don't know the timeline on this i should go back and look through my gmail but he then we, we stayed in contact whatever he was a huge cubs fan and then i started big league stew in 2008 and i was hiring freelancers and nick was one of them yeah. and he did a whole bunch of cool different things for me and it was, it was back then it was something that got lost the time is that he was a doppelganger for Carlos Quentin? <laughs> Do you remember this? That was a few. That was a few cheeseburgers ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea what Carlos Quentin looks like now, but um, that's a good, that's a good point. but yeah. So, and and Nick was working for ESPN Chicago and did this one thing where he like went up to <laughs> Carlos Quentin, and I don't know if you remember like Carlos Quentin, like that guy had like zero personality, like all the personalities yeah. Nick has. Carlos right. Quentin was the opposite of that. And Nick went up to him, and he was like, hey, people say I look like you. And Quentin was, like, having <laughs> none of it. Really? But, um, yeah. So, I mean, Nick says all that stuff, though. And, yeah, I did give him a job. And, yeah, he did do great. But so that dude is such a grinder and such a hard worker and such a great personality that everything that he has done is because he is Nick Friedel. It's, oh, it's unbelievable sure. how big of a star that guy is. Oh, for sure. Well, um, we had uh, the other night a mutual friend of ours was celebrating his birthday, so a bunch of us did a Zoom uh, birthday mm-hmm. dinner, and um, we we got Friedel talking about like I mean, especially like when he was covering the Derrick Rose Bulls here in town. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would go out with him, and like people would just like stop him when I start talking about Derrick and and the bulls and like it's crazy yeah, yeah. I mean, he he has a story about like uh he was at he was in a he was in the bathroom using the urinal and the guy next to him was like hey man Derek gonna come back <laughs> no, no it was like, like a weird little hell for him because it was he didn't have the answer for it but he, he yeah. obviously launched his career too right so well, I, have, I, mean, I, have, I have a good story like that so i think maybe two or three years ago 
my dad and I had 400, uh, 100-level tickets um, to a Bulls Sixers game, and they were awesome seats. And my wife was working at the time, and the sitter was supposed to come over and watch both of our girls. The sitter backed out at, like, five. And I was so ah. ticked off because I, 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 I actually liked the Sixers a lot. I mean, not in a fan sort of way, but in a, hey, the Bulls suck. This is a team I like now sort of way. So what and year is this? It must have been two years ago. I mean, it was with Embiid and Simmons and everyone. Okay. I think it's 2017, 20, yeah. So so my dad and I said, screw it. Let's, we're just going to bring the girls. If they're under 36 inches, they get them for free. So they're sitting in our laps. At halftime, Nick said, I'm going to come up and, and talk to the girls and, and see you, whatever. So he comes up. People are yelling, Nick, Nick, hey, hey, Nick, Nick, whatever. <laughs> he's sitting. He's holding one of he's holding one of my daughters, and people are coming up and asking for pictures and autographs. And Nick says, "Hold on." And we were right by one of the, the tunnels. Nick told the person, "Go form a line over there. I'll, I'll do it after I get done talking with my friends." And like by the end of it, he had like four or five people lined up to like to meet him and take pictures. It was crazy. Oh man, I thought the story was going to be about you getting recognized. No, it was about freedom. No, no. Yeah. It is pretty. It is pretty funny. Uh, the yeah, going going out with uh, with that with our good friend Nick. Um, and now he's, now he's now he's just in the middle of a San Francisco apartment in you know seven seven or eight hundred feet by himself. I feel bad for him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. Um, so you you mentioned Wrigley World, and yeah, that is how uh, you and I met. And I have always felt. Uh, I don't know the right word. Not necessarily awkward, but like we we in the heck where we tried to do like a, a re, like a regular review of of sports books and like, yeah. like sports sports sport books about sports, not sports books like gambling. And uh, there's a friend of mine who wrote it. He's he's a kind of a literary uh, geek, and you know the review that he wrote of your book was was maybe a little mixed, but it was also Okay. A, it was about a little bit of a mix. Like it, it was not a, it wasn't a great. You, you were dealt a rough hand, right? Like, um, <laughs> okay. You you were you know it wasn't like it wasn't like there was uh there was you know it was like there were a lot of people who wrote books following the 2004 Cubs because there was a lot of hype around them and then that season wound up falling right. Down. And I always felt really bad for all those authors. So I have always felt a little awkward around you because the review that we ran was probably not as positive as it should have been. So, uh, uh, so I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily apologizing as much as I'm just putting that out there. And I've never <laughs> meant, I've never meant you should, you really. shouldn't feel bad about that at all. I, well, you know, one, I wrote it when, you know, when I was 25, I think it's a pretty good job, a pretty good book for someone who wrote it when they were 25 without not a lot of clue of what they were doing. Um, but I could kind of see why, you know, uh, the person who kind of, uh, really ravaged me was, uh, Dan McGrath at the Tribune who I actually really liked and we became good friends. And I think that his criticisms were valid and I don't re- quite remember everything that, that the heckler wrote. I don't remember feeling that upset. I mean, look, if you go, um, if you go to the Amazon, I mean, there's great reviews. There's some not great reviews, but if you do what we do and you can't handle getting criticized, or whatever, then you shouldn't be doing this. And that, that goes right. for anything now. I mean, if you don't, you know, if you don't like my newsletter and you decide to unsubscribe, well, okay, then then it wasn't for you. I'm, you know, I'm not for everybody. 
um, other authors aren't for me, whatever. Um, you can only like do, you can only put like your best effort forward and stay true to yourself and do what you want to do. And at, at the end of the day, whether or not people like it or not is, is kind of immaterial to the whole thing. You want people to like it. You want a lot. You want thousands of subscribers to your newsletter. Um, right. but at the same time, that's not a realistic thing that's going to happen. So um, I, I'm right now absolving you of any guilt because that actually has never <laughs> well, been been on my mind yeah. whatsoever. I mean, I, I I appreciate that. I mean, I, I um, you know, with with, with the, the you know even like the tone that we take with the heckler, like we don't try to like skewer yeah. people. Like I try to you know we try to do something in a way that even the people we're writing about can hopefully appreciate it. Um, yeah, you know there there have definitely been times where uh you know i've and i think part of it too is just the 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 way uh the vibe around the media and and stuff has changed over the years it used to be much more mm -hmm. i don't I, I i'm finding a lot of these conversations i'm having with people are turning into kind of like a you know back in my day sort of thing but um <laughs> things were were who was i talking to oh i was with with i did one of these with london rush and he was talking about how like and, and with and with Kyle Farnsworth and how like you know back in their era things were in some ways more innocent at least on the on the surface right it was sort of like oh yeah you know oh yeah Kyle's, Kyle's going out drinking every day or like Glennon was talking about all the times that uh, Ryan Dempster used to wind up naked at Stanley's and he's like that stuff would never happen anymore because <laughs> largely due to social media it's like you know. Nobody wants to see Ryan Dempster's, uh, you know, lily white ass streaking across the yeah. yard anymore. You know, and they, so it's a di it's a different era, it's a different vibe. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I I think I've the thing that's uh, the thing that to me that's always been like important to remember is that like people, these are people with families, they are real people. I mean, even going back to like 2008 when I started Big League Two, like one of the easiest way to get clicks was to find some picture of someone's, you know, smoke show wife and oh right. say, hey, look at this guy, you know, he's the first baseman for whoever and his wife is super hot. Here's five pictures of her. And people still right. do that now. And oh, and make yeah. comments about her. And it, it was nothing that I ever wanted to do because it's like, hey man, that's that's like someone's wife. That's so, who someone that like got proposed to. That's somebody who, you know, sleep that, that someone sleeps next to every night. Like have some G D respect, right? Uh, right. That's like something yeah. I've always tried to kind of keep Keep in my mind that when you're writing about these people, they are real people. And, you know, like, okay, Carlos Quentin, that guy was a star, like, you know, MVP level for a couple of years. Now he's just a regular dude. I don't know where he is, but he's just a regular guy, right? Right. Um, you know, so unless you're Michael Jordan or LeBron James, and most of these guys are just in the spotlight for a very, very short time. And, um, you know, they certainly, I always try to keep families out of it because I just always thought that was a fair game. And if, I mean, it's ever disappointing to me is when, whether it's a blogger or Twitter or whatever, goes after something that should be private. Um, so that's always kind of been disheartening to me. And I, I, like, I, I will always be like, I will never change my views on that. I don't think. Right. Yeah. And it's and it's in some ways it's unfortunate because it seems like sometimes that's what lends to more at least visibility for for what you're doing. But it's like, yeah, I don't want to I don't want to be the kind of the kind of guy who's yeah, yeah. I mean, you you use the term smoke show. I don't want to, 
you know, we'll, we're never going to have those kind of galleries on site. And if that, you know, if that's what, you know, prevents me from having mega success, well, I guess I'll, yeah. I'll live with that. Um, so the one for thing sure. I've been asking pretty much everybody is what they would sacrifice in order for the um, quarantine to come to a responsible end and the pandemic yeah. to, to uh, loosen its grip on the world. What would you sacrifice? I thought of I thought about this since I've heard the past few podcasts. Is the Bulls and Blackhawks seasons an acceptable answer? <laughs> no, no, no. You know what? Uh, one one idea, and I was doing uh, you know when I was just kind of doing a little bit of research before we talked. The the mm. picture in your LinkedIn profile. I mean, your head of yep. hair is is epic, dude. Uh, Thank you. That is. And and then the fact that that you know you said uh, that your you know what your you know, your, your wife uh, has a salon like now now the pieces are all kind of coming together here for me yeah um, so if I could suggest something to you as someone who does not have a robust head of hair anymore maybe you would consider sacrificing your uh, your wonderful head of hair uh, for for the uh, quarantine to end I don't know man that's that's a little tough I've, I've decided to double down on the hair lately just because. I am proud that I still have it. It's the ripe old age of 41. And I know not everyone is as fortunate. Um, I don't know if I could do that. That's really that tough. All right. I mean, right, well, that would we'll, be, a, that would be a, a bet on whether or not it grows back, which I'm not sure that it would. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, um, so, okay. So I'm not going to allow you to sacrifice the Bulls and Blackhawks 2020 campaign. The, uh, okay. and, you're, and you're not willing to sacrifice your, wonderful head of hair. Uh, so we got to find no. Okay. I would, um, like, I don't know. Will Bynes had got out of this by saying cookies, which I thought was kind of a cop out. Uh, but then we got, I, I pushed him a little bit and I think he said he would sacrifice one of his pinkies. Oh, did he say that? Yeah. Yeah. He, I pushed him a little bit because he, he, he figured pinky, he that's a big a pinky. Thing. Yeah. I said, Tesla. yeah. So, I mean, step up here, dude. I would, um, I made ribs yesterday and that was fun. It was kind of a, a all day thing. It took my mind off of it. I have a great, um, Weber performer, like little setup down there. I, I, I would, I would sacrifice that. Is that, is that good enough? You'd sacrifice ribs? No, bar- not, not, not all meat, just ribs? No, the, the grilling setup. I would, I would, oh, I, grill. I would sacrifice grilling for, for the time being. But are yeah. you going to go, are you going to go and replace it with another grill or are you just going to not have a grill? Yeah. Yes, after you forget that you asked me this question and life of the return to normal, I probably would. <laughs> All right, All right. Fair, fair enough. Uh, well, Kevin, I really appreciate you joining. Um, uh, I wish you the best of success with Midway Minute. Uh, I will continue to be a subscriber, and I will do my best to share your content from time to time. And uh, you know, okay. hopefully, yeah. If you want to give this one a good review on this time, that would be that would be fine. If you want. To All right. For All right. You got it. That will. That will give me a feeling of full redemption uh, if if I really go all out. But it, you know, I I also I also uh, I have enjoyed uh, you know what what I've been reading of it so far, and I do get the email every cool. weekday morning. So. Cool man, well, I really appreciate, I appreciate that. that. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, hang in there. Yeah, likewise. All right, there you have it. My uh, wellness check with Kevin Kaduck. I hope you enjoyed it. He is, as you can tell, a very 
fine gentleman and a very talented and interesting sports writer. So please check out uh, midwayminute.win and uh, follow Kevin on Twitter. Uh, I would appreciate it greatly. It's wonderful to support uh, fellow people, particularly those who have forgiven me for something that I've been awkward about um, since uh, 2000. So for 15 years that apparently Kevin didn't really, at least he claims he didn't remember. So that was a, that was a real treat. Anyway, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed today's wellness check and that you're enjoying this series. Please, as I always ask, uh, be sure to subscribe, rate, review, share, all that stuff. I would appreciate it very much. And uh, until next time.